Hey everybody, this is Chad. I just wanted to let everybody know that on March 4th through the 6th, I'm going to be at Acme Comedy Company. I'm going to be doing uh, shows, but more importantly, I'm going to be recording a uh, special. They, right now, they're selling 100 tickets per show because uh, they believe those are that's going to be within the guidelines uh, when they open. And just wanted to let you guys know, I'm, I'm so excited to be back working and... Um, actually recording this thing because it's uh, a lot of you have maybe seen the hour because I haven't worked since March. It is that hour. Also, i uh, kick it over to, to Cy. Hey, everybody, I'm Cy Amerson, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming to the live podcast. That was so much fun. We always have so much fun. And here's my brother, Greg. Hey, everybody, I'm Greg, and I just wanted to let you know that I'm Cy's brother. Anyways, thanks a lot, Greg. That was great. Anyways, I'm going to kick it back to Chad. Thank you guys very much for doing that. Uh, but I just want to let you know that this episode is pre-recorded. When we come back next week, we're going to talk all about uh, the live episode and what happened. And uh, actually, one of the guests is still uh, staying with me right now. Hey, y'all, Skeet McGrown. I just want to tell you. Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels, and you have landed in the middle of somewhere. Hello, welcome back, and of course, as always, across from me, you may know him, you may doubt it, love him, it's Cyrus Amundsen. Well, that sure was a hurtful intro, Chad. Hello! <laughs> I love how you always go like, just straight up announcer from a game show. Let's show him what he's won. Behind door number one is, ooh, sorrow. The way you described me there made me feel bad about myself. Good day, everyone. <laughs> uh, and guess what? Hmm. You wanted it. You got it. Another guest episode, if I may. I first met you've, – you've heard his name on the podcast before. We brought him up. We both love him. I first met him at the 2009 Aspen Comedy Festival. And I first met him <laughs> at the 2010 Aspen Comedy Festival. We met him in back-to-back -back festival years. Interesante. <laughs> I've been learning Spanish. It's Blake Wexler, everybody. I'm ready to be insulted. How are you guys? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, we did meet in back-to-back -back comedy festivals. And thanks for not putting the word rooftop in there. It makes it sound a lot more impressive when it's just the Aspen Comedy Festival. <laughs> oh, to be fair, I didn't even, I, I had forgotten, but now I do remember. Of course, never forget. Yeah, no, that was, yeah. I have known Blake uh, nearly, you, you started uh, much earlier than me, Chad. Uh, so you've known Blake about half your career. I've known Blake about 80% of my career. Um, and I, I sure love him with all my heart. And I could tell a bunch of stories about him, but I'm going to, I'm just going to bring him in uh, by telling you one thing I know about him. I know we don't, <laughs> okay. ha most of our listeners don't give a shit about sports, but Blake does. He's from Philadelphia. True. And uh, Philadelphia fans are the type of people who would chop off their children's legs for a championship. To give you an idea of Philadelphia fans, there is a jail in underneath the football stadium was. because of these fucking lunatics. You can say was all you want. <laughs> I went to a Philadelphia. I used to be a, an Eagles fan because of Randall Cunningham. Mm -hmm. And so 
I went to a Minnesota Vikings-Philadelphia Eagles game back in the Metrodome days, and we, th we saw this huge fight, and we go, oh, some Philly fans and some Vikings fans are fighting. No, no, no. It was just Philly fans, and they were fighting about – we asked them later. They were fighting about what time their flight left the next morning <laughs> and how long they could drink, and they were beating the shit out of one another. <laughs> It that, was crazy. That checks out. They the first weekend they let fans back into the stands for COVID. Uh, fight breaks out in Philadelphia, despite the distancing, despite being sections away from one another. Eagles fans fighting each other, throwing each other down uh, from section to section. So yeah, no, that checks out for sure. <laughs> when the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl a few years back, Blake got. I'm. I'm going to say belligerently blackout drunk. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, it not, wasn't not, ambivalent. Not, 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 yeah, not, not at other people, but you just an, an incredible amount of drunk. Let's, yes. let's just go with an incredible amount of drunk. Sure. And whilst blacked out, <laughs> ordered thousands of dollars worth of Philadelphia Eagles championship <laughs> merchandise. <laughs> And then Chad came to, had no idea, and then for weeks he just had all this Philadelphia merch showing up at his house. So anytime I do oh anything God. with him, he's usually got Eagles championship merch on. Oh, that's so fantastic. Now, you've been a sports fan for a long time because I remember at the, at the festival, you and I took – we all our flights were delayed, mm -hmm. and you took a uh, – we took a picture, you and I – of because uh, we we bought a basketball to goof around when we were there mm -hmm. and um and we took a picture of w one of us pretending we were with another very tall because one of us was on our knees right it was you you were crouching yes, down <laughs> oh i know i actually i actually wasn't that's just how short i am but um and we took a picture like i would like i met uh some legendary first round draft pick at the airport it, it made it made my festival and to meet you i had two very different experiences with both of you meeting you where meeting Cy the following year, Cy was in a bad place. I think he had just gone through a breakup. He was uh, he was pretty dark, Correct. Cy was. And <laughs> Chad, you were, I was a, a fan of yours in, in a way, you were my sports team that week and seeing how you handled <laughs> A, the sport in which you uh, handled the Aspen audiences and how uh, you were not a fan of theirs. And uh, also you arm, if you need to cut this out, please do, but you arm wrestled a woman and, <laughs> yeah. and didn't hold back. And you won. So she was like this hanger on wearing a fur coat, just Aspen trash. And you <laughs> showed her that she was not as strong as you were with her. Arm. She told me she was going to beat me. And she I'm not going to be one of these dudes that's like, oh, hey, guys, she, this is amazing. The resistance is incredible. She was old. I was trying to make sure she couldn't use her arm again. I get tired of that shit. I was so angry at people from Aspen. It's like, oh, look at me. My, my grandfather left me this villa in Aspen. And now I, now I take loans from putting it up against the loans, this, this property that I was given. I haven't done anything with my life, but I don't say hello when strangers say hi to me fuck you i was so mad at these people and what what vindication to when i got on the plane to go mm -hmm. home when they finally released us and the flight attendant came on and she goes i need you guys to to turn your cell phones off and she goes she snapped into the microphone and she goes everyone's eyes up here 
I know you're more important than everyone else in the world, but I need your phones off. It's a regular. And I was just like, yes, fuck. And I yelled from my seat. I was like, fuck these people. They're so (laughs) annoying. They've done nothing. They think they deserve everyone to just grovel at their feet. I couldn't fucking stand them. And they didn't like my comedy at all. And that did not help my attitude. (laughs) It did it. It did it. (laughs) If you are a real Chad Daniels fan, I don't know if the videos still exist online. But so Rooftop put this festival on and uh, the crowds, the crowds were the worst. But Bad. Chad, Chad took the stage. There's videos of this somewhere online. And every oh, once in a while yeah. you catch an audio clip on Pandora of Chad <laughs> taking stage. He looks like a guy who just got released from the drunk tank. Like he's I, he, he's very, very expressively sort of drunk still. And, and I d- also I also look I remember my body type at the time. It was. Guy that did P90X but didn't follow the diet. <laughs> right, right. So I was I was mu- I was muscly. It looks like somebody plugged my nose and blew in my mouth real hard. <laughs> I was just like kind of inflated a little bit. You look like a guy who played college baseball twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept the home run ass. <laughs> you you kept lifting but never did cardio again was and absolutely also, and the setup also was almost as if you were like some sort of animal in a ring you know where it was an opera house and in an opera house and i'm sure all your fans are huge opera fans and i don't need to explain this to them but uh in an opera house the there's a space in between the audience and the stage and it's filled with uh instruments and whatnot but they removed yeah. all those for the comedy festival so there's just a massive cavernous canyon in between you and the audience and it was almost as if that was there for the audience's safety when you were on stage <laughs> it's just, if we don't put a big hole the the comedian's gonna kill them <laughs> The fact that there weren't just piles of bodies of comedians that had jumped because of these fucking asshole crowds, it was it was the craziest thing in the world. It was. You can get you can get the videos online if you search hard enough. Uh, but it's it's literally Chad doing some of your favorite material, disheveled and furious. And I fucking I love it. I love it so much. It's amazing. You know. And I remember I went long because I was so mad at them. And Pat Dixon, oh, no, no, I didn't go long. I just freaked out on them. And so Pat Dixon had to follow that. And I remember feeling so bad for so long until I followed Pat Dixon on Twitter. And I don't fucking care at all. Not at all. And Cy, you were so nice to me. I was uh, like a kid in a candy store where I was underage and they let me drink during that festival. So I was so drunk and I talked your ear off for probably four hours inside a bar where you weren't drinking and you were so nice <laughs> and supportive. So that's uh, that began our friendship. You weren't as well, what outwardly. I, yeah. What I like to do is find somebody who's nice, who does something like that and then realizes how ridiculous it was. And then for 15 years feels somewhat indebted to me due to our due to the moment we met so it was and that's honestly, our friendship perfect for me yeah i'm just i'm just puppet string puppet strings on everything like a sociopath not not me when i meet people i always think how am i gonna how am i gonna create a situation where in 25 years i'm going to want to apologize <laughs> <laughs> that's how i do it an apology is best served cold i've found <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for our fantastic transitional sentences? Mm. So Blake, tell us a story. Blake, you got some weird stuff with your grandparents. Take it away, man. 
Yes. Chad, here's, here's, I don't know if a lot of people know this. That setup is a bummer. <laughs> but Chad has grandparents, and so does Blake. Come on now, Blake. Come well, around that's, downtown now. Uh, but Pat, you know, Pat Dixon, a comedian we just talked about, known for a uh, couple of uh, albums about divorce. Now, did your grandma ever get divorced, Blake? That's or? a great question. And as a matter of Thank fact, you. a big fat yes to that question. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And by the way, perfect setup. And that's... You put the story on a plate and I'm going to serve it to you. So here's the story. Um, <laughs> I had a grandmother and uh, like Chad, was it? Chad, you have a, you have grand, you had grandparents I did. Well? Yeah, okay. I did. Thanks for bringing that of up. Of course. And I apologize. Yes. And uh, <laughs> so my dad grew up, uh, my dad's side of the family grew up uh, not, you know, what's so funny. I forgot what the word working class was. I was going to say he grew up a lower class. That's where I'm at right now. In my <laughs> mind, he was a lower, he had no class whatsoever. A real, a real <laughs> Your rude dad boy. Grew up classless. He was classless. The guy wore shoes inside. Um, so he <laughs> probably had to do comedy in Aspen. That's what made him that way. <laughs> exactly. He went the other way. Um, so he, uh, my dad was a New York city bus driver. They grew up in like a housing project in Brooklyn and my grandmother has been nuts for since the beginning as long as I knew her and then there were stories where she would always talk about uh that she used to dance at the psych ward she would say where and I don't know <laughs> if they invited her if it was like old people go to the psychiatric ward night or whatever or she just showed up in the cafeteria and danced was she living there or was she like the entertainment like all right let's bring in that lady who dances she may have been a patient at some point and then they discharged her and she kept coming back for more maybe but i'm not i'm not positive i, th I thought maybe this took place during the last pandemic where she like would be outside the windows like i know you're bored look at me <laughs> that was that was the netflix of the early 1900s was an old woman tap dancing in the street um, so she was that level crazy also and i'm just setting up who this person is and this is uh this is all happening af after this story took place but when i was a teenage like 18 years old my first girlfriend that like the first time uh, i would ever be intimate with someone and i couldn't have been more nervous about that event coming she said a rhyme that i remember she had been saying since i was a child where it was like if Dickie's icky, don't spur Lunkin, but if Dickie's wet, Dickie Duncan or something was the, the line. And I That's never a knew thing your fucking grandma said never knew what it meant. Never had any idea. I thought it was like some like old Jewish nursery rhyme or something where it just became words, you know, after a certain point where I didn't think about it. And then it was a uh, an anatomical um, rhyme about when a woman is ready uh, for sex, apparently. And she said that in front of me and my mom lost her fucking mind. But. <laughs> Uh, so the story goes, that's who we're dealing with. She, um, my grandfather, I don't remember what his voice sounds like. He was just one of these old men who had just been driven just to like, just couldn't get a word in ever. Yeah. I got to hop in here for Please. a second and just tell you that, you know, we were talking about the fact, the crazy fact that you and I both had grandmothers. Yes. Yes. My, my grandma used to just say when it's wet, stick it in. <laughs> and that I doesn't thought, rhyme at all. Yeah, it doesn't rhyme, but it really gets to the point. My my grandma would have been fantastic on Twitter, really cutting the fat off of everything and just getting to the point. She she never liked to waste words. <laughs> At dust whore uh, on Twitter. <laughs> that was her handle. <laughs> 
Um, and again, I, I just still can't believe that we have so much in common with that grandparent thing. It just keeps coming it is back incredible. to me. If Considering I start... that you were underage at the Aspen Comedy Festival drinking and I was 70, and yet we somehow <laughs> uh, connected. I thought that was special. And that's how. And uh, everyone has something in common. So sure. when they were, so my grandmother, I guess, got uh, sick of living on a, uh, a bus driver's salary. So she divorced my grandfather. This must have been in the late 50s, early, probably like early 60s. And this is a hundred. This is true. She met another man quickly, a very rich man. And literally because of her behavior and because of how nuts she is drove him literally insane like actually sent him to uh the aforement maybe she was dancing for him in the psych ward but sent him he was committed and while he was in the uh in the mental hospital she went into his uh safety security box or safety deposit boxes cleared out sixty thousand dollars and this is in the 50s which is now that's insane like that's an insane amount of money in the late 50s early 60s stole sixty thousand dollars from this man that like she swept off his feet and then drove him nuts and this man's in a hospital bed somewhere in a straitjacket she steals all his money and then goes on a joyride trip to florida which like to like a brooklyn jew is like nice in france it's the nicest place that you could possibly go <laughs> so she goes to the crown jewel florida and uh goes fishing catches a goddamn marlin and has it taxidermied and stuffed shipped up to brooklyn as a like apology like a token of goodwill to my <laughs> grandfather he mounts this this like fish on the wall and he takes her back and they get married again and she bought him like an oldsmobile as well so they still lived in the housing project but in this project there was a massive fucking fish <laughs> on the window and they got back together it's it's one of the most insane things i've ever heard so so she was like hey i'm sick of being poor i'll be right back <laughs> yes went and got this money came back and then they shared the money do we know specifically what drove that guy crazy i mean was her oogling not googling and he was flunking on the duncan do we know exactly what happened i think her oogling was googling so well that's what drove him in to begin with Uh but then i think nagging was what drove him uh (laughs) terminal nagging (laughs) i get you yeah that's how he wound wound up in the hospital oh the god that's a fantastic story though thank you i know you painted everybody as insane in that situation but honestly i can see Sai and jenna's relationship going a direction that at some point we agree on her going out and really housing somebody else's money so we can get some sort of taxidermy on our walls what do you think i've been saving for I keep telling you I have a nest egg. What do you think it's for? <laughs> what beast would you put on your walls? Like, would it be something that you could hunt or would it be something weird like a fish? Oh, I, it would have to be it would have to be something my family hunted. I have I have right. this weird. Uh, I, well, why don't I bring the show down, guys? I have this weird issue with uh, like where I totally appreciate hunting. Most of the meat my family eats is things my dad and brother have killed. I don't mind them mounting something they've killed right now. We got something in our house called a fucking orcs. Google it. It looks like a like a, a <laughs> Dr. Seuss, a deer a killer a Dr. whale Seuss book. No, it's orcs. Uh, no. Not orc, uh, orcs, <laughs> O-R-C-S. Which, the A and the S are right next to each other on the keyboard. So how many fucking confused people have there been 
from an email just like you should have seen the horns on this orca and people are like what the fuck is wrong with this guy Jesus. i'm gonna go to his place and steal 60 grand <laughs> but i don't He's crazy uh, i don't i don't have any interest in trophy hunting i saw i was on the internet and i saw a uh, a picture of two big game hunters kneeling in front of an elephant they shot that was had to have been a pretty young elephant and it genuinely ruined about a week for me like yeah. it, it i just i was not inconsolable but i was angry for a week so i would i would say probably i fucking hate geese so maybe mm. like maybe oh, like oh god there's so many where i live and i know that's really hypocritical like oh you think that we should save the beautiful animals but fuck the other ugly <laughs> shitty animals and that is what i think that's 100 yeah. percent what i think i'll take a taxidermy situation with a bunch of geese just choking each other to death with their fucking gross geese wings. <laughs> and they, they shit where people walk is my problem it's with that. Crazy. Them. And only and it's, you walk. it's not only it's not normal shit. It is greasy. It looks like it looks like you put uh, the oil like the oil paint, the green oil paint on and you just mark just squeezed it out on a canvas it's so disgusting i want to go back for a second do you know Please. that in in kenya the park rangers there have a shoot to kill order for people that are poaching ivory tusks amazing oh, dope you get to so so we could go to kenya and hunt I'm, yeah. poachers i just ruined I'm, the I'm, thing yeah got it no not at all i'm considering i mean that might be my next stop Dude, that's People are like, good... hey, how's comedy going? I'll be like, well, not great, but guess what? I'm about to go kill some fucking dentists. We keep talking about saving up to go to Costa Rica. Should we make a retirement stop in Kenya? I think we should. And, you know, I do have to save some of my money for what we talked of about course. before. I've been trying to commit suicide by park ranger for years, and it has not happened. <laughs> so now, now I know how. That's I got to go to Kenya. Yeah. I got you. You got buddy. you always do. You always do. Um, speaking of Greece, by the way, I have another story. Is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, please can do. I, can yeah. I poke one more in? By all means. Speaking of Greece. Uh, speaking of geese, <laughs> by the way, and I know this is supposed to be a show about Blake, but Blake, uh, you've listened to this program, so you understand you are just here to prop up our egos so we of can course. interrupt you. Please. Um, I, uh, I, my sister lived on a lake f for years, and uh, they had a, a goose problem, geese problem. They would come up onto the lawn and shit everywhere. And so they had a pellet gun. That they, whenever the geese were swimming close to shore, they would whap, pump it up. It was, a, it was a pump, and then they would just shoot a pellet in the water near the geese. They would aim at the geese. Maybe they might hit a goose's feathers every once in a while. No big mm. deal, right? So uh, there was a bunch of geese out on the lawn, and Janine goes, Hey, will you go get rid of those geese? I go, You give me that gun. You're asking for trouble. Like I was being a dick. I was like, you don't. My dad and brother are huge hunters, and I haven't been through my life because when I was younger, I went to. When I was a young warthog. <laughs> when I was a young warthog. Sorry, go ahead. Good finish, Blake. Thank you. I went to a thing called Bow Benders, which is like a bow and arrow, like an archery club, because uh, I was raised in a can of gravy. And <laughs> so. Hold on. <laughs> so I was at. Oh, Bo shit. I went to Bow Benders <laughs> one time, uh, and I did what's called a Robin Hood, where you shoot an arrow 
and then you shoot a second arrow and it breaks through the feathers. It literally hits the exact same spot. Wow. And so I was like, well, everybody thinks I'm amazing. I'm never doing, and I didn't shoot a bow and arrow again for like 12 years until I walked out on the deck. My dad was shooting a target off our deck in the backyard and it was, he would throw tennis balls on the lawn and try to hit them, which is a very difficult thing to do. But you have to be precise when you're trying to puncture a mule deer's heart, I guess. True. And dangerous, right? Because what if you missed just the tippy top and hit the tippy top of the tennis ball and then it <laughs> bounces off into your neighbor's kitchen window? They didn't have neighbors. There wasn't, this wasn't okay. a neighbor's situation. My dad's gotcha. very responsible. He handed me the bow and arrow and I pulled it back and with one shot, fucking just pwned the tennis ball i almost these bows are expensive i almost just dropped it like it was a mic <laughs> so i don't shoot very often um but this this is the third installment in this way too long story on an episode that's supposed to be about our friend blake side real quick i have another question um yes. bow benders is that like the name of like oh the bow bends when you do it or is there a guy named bow benders <laughs> Is that who who owns the place? Like fucking Bo hey, Benders. There is a guy named Bo Benders. He's actually an open mic comic, and he has to bring a rag up with him to wipe the sweat off his forehead. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Bo Ben. Hey, your next comedian, Bo Benders. He's just like, hey, you guys, good to be back. Wiping sweat off his face. The rag just turns browner and browner just because he's sweating <laughs> some sort of grease. <laughs> Because he actually, because he's doing blackface, Bo Benders <laughs> seems like a very racist yep. would do blackface. hundred percent. Bo Bo Benders is not a good guy. Bo Benders is set a school on fire, sort of sort of dude. hundred uh, <laughs> percent. But that was that was in the past. He did his time, and then he started an archery club for the youth. So <laughs> my sister's like, "Hey, go shoot these geese," and I'm like, "Will you?" I shoot to kill, brother. You better you better watch it. You asked me to scare some geese. I'm going to fucking murder some geese. That's mm -hmm. just how I do things. So I step out onto the lawn and I, I raise it up and it's like three geese in the water and no shit. I fired this pellet gun and pierced right through the goose's neck. I'm talking like, we're talking like 40 Whoa. yards away. And it did the way it died. Like it literally, the neck just tipped in half and then the goose folded over into the water it was <laughs> absurd and my sister she's like well what the fuck now what are we gonna do with this goose i was like hey you wanted the big dog to pipe a goose well the big dog piped a fucking goose and my sister listens to this show and she doesn't know the end to this story she told me that i had to get rid of the goose and i was like i absolutely can do that well i went and i got a garbage sack out of her garage and I put the goose in the garbage sack and I walked next door it was cold people weren't using their grill so I walked next door and just threw this bag of goose into somebody's <laughs> grill and closed the lid and I don't know what fucking happened after that they just Can you imagine opening that goddamn grill <laughs> in the springtime yeah those people just someday just opened a grill with a fucking goose in a bag <laughs> I was going to come to your defense and make sure everybody knows that in Minnesota you can hunt geese but when you ended the story that way, I thought, hey, he's on his own. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, I was, <laughs> hey, I was a young hotshot that knew how to work an air rifle. And if that means a goose is going to wind up in a garbage sack in someone's grill, so fuck. They had to have been like, was a homeless person trying to figure out what cooking is? What is this? What's, what's <laughs> happening here? 
Hey, uh, the fact that you have told one story on this show so far is incredible because uh, <laughs> we do not allow that to happen. So I would like you to tell another one, and there's no fucking chance you get through two. Oh, I, I guarantee you, nor should I, no to way. be completely honest. Uh, I th you guys are doing what you should be doing. Our um, show is a real American <laughs> gladiators of trying to tell a story. You, you are just trying to get to the end of the story, and two ridiculous-looking doofuses are trying to knock you over with poles. <laughs> Shoot tennis balls at my face. Um, I am Chad of Aurelius, <laughs> father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and you will tell your second story. I'm Blake of my daughter's sewing kit, and I will <laughs> traverse this course slowly and timidly. Um, <laughs> so this next one is... Uh, Hopefully, this isn't too. I don't want to like have it be too sophomoric or gross of a story, but like it's it's more of um. Uh, this is a story of honesty. Is there fingering? Uh, is there fingering? I can we add some it. in. We love I can a good add some fingering in. story. Please oh, do. Who doesn't? Uh, so this guy, uh, best friend growing up, his name's Brett, and heading into our high school, there were two middle schools that fed into the high school, so the okay. amount of hormones and testosterone going anyway at that age is nuts but then you have all these kids trying to prove themselves now where oh it's sharks and jets it is it's sharks and jets big time big time it is san jose sharks versus new york jets and you pick the sport <laughs> and they so you have the cool kids who want to remain cool against this new crop of cool kids then you have kids who weren't popular who are now trying to become popular now that you know the the odds have kind of been reset a little bit now heading into this sure. new school everyone's being mixed together so everyone's just fucking trying to outdo one another and i'm sitting in science class oh and by the way so pranks were going on as well there were a lot of pranks and i love pranks but it's rare that you get a good prank like a lot of the pranks were uh releasing crickets into the air ducts you know something boring like that yeah yeah not everybody at that age can just stick a goose in a bag and put it in someone's grill <laughs> oh jesus true. christ that takes can an you education mute yourself for the rest of the story <laughs> so, yeah so i did that my favorite one though it was so simple no nuance whatsoever but someone just took a dildo and glued it to the <laughs> scoreboard of the football field which just visually there was something about it that makes me giggle to this day where everything's normal <laughs> and you see this one thing it wasn't like taking anyone down it was just very funny aesthetically so i love the idea of someone so lonely <laughs> just looking up and and eyeing it longingly just like how the fuck am i gonna get up there that's fantastic that's a real bummer if you're a divorced mom who has to go watch her son's football games <laughs> <laughs> or if you're that divorced mom because none of these kids would have their own dildo theoretically so someone stole a dildo from their mother i would imagine or their sister <laughs> they come to watch the game and they're like that is that is that my fucking dildo on the scoreboard i've been wondering I'd, where that I'd went <laughs> i'd love to get the video footage of just two parents walking in and immediately leaving again just because they were like oh that's ours we got to get out of here no 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 this is this is gonna what, do they call our names at halftime is that what's gonna happen with this situation like, what if the that little son of a bitch glued that up there you know he told the announcers our names yes. god damn it <laughs> come on let's go carl uh you know this all too well um so that was we have yeah. some new donors this afternoon want to give a shout out to sandy and jacob everlong thank you for the new dildo on the scoreboard 
Very generous. A very generous donation. You are in the uh, the silver tier of donators. Thank you very much. We look forward to uh, next year. <laughs> they, uh, that was my favorite prank, but there were also a series of pranks at this point where uh, stink bombs were being set off in the school where it was like a glass vial and you throw it on the ground, it breaks, and the worst sulfur oh, smell right. Yeah. ever we yeah. just spread out the entire school so Classic. my me and my best friend brett brett's like really trying to be cool now which was a, a big bummer in our friendship and he <laughs> uh so he thinks he's making progress we're in class one day and with all like all the cool kids in the grade were in the class as well um we just came back from lunch and all of a sudden brett who sat in front of me turns around to me and just goes oh no like a look on his face as if his whole life was about to just like as if he was caught insider trading and his entire life was about to be over like he was going to lose his family his house and i didn't know what he was talking about and then it smelled he had farted in a way that was so bad i couldn't even recognize what it was at first and like i couldn't first i have to hold on i have to first of all say that poor brett is looking at you like he got caught insider trading when what he didn't realize is all he would have to do is run for senate and it would be fine exactly exactly there was an out there a very defined out (laughs) absolutely and it was the senate so poor guy had no idea it was early he was young and so the smell starts spreading throughout the room and everyone's like what the hell oh my god what is that and then our teacher goes oh my god everyone a it's a stink bomb everybody out of the classroom so he's he gets a pass he has a pass where this was his 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 dying body made this smell but it there like it smelled like a chemical like made in a lab that was made to smell bad that's how bad it was so our teacher evacuates the room and we're all walking out single file and I turn around to like for, look for my best friend and I turn and I just see him sitting in his chair still. And he goes, wait. And everyone turns around and we're like, um, I, don't, I didn't know what he was doing. I'm like, Brett, come on. And he goes, it was me. And then the teacher goes, <laughs> teacher still cannot comprehend that this came out of a human being. And she goes, you released the stink bomb into the class. And he goes, no. And then everyone realizes they're like, oh, Brad, Jesus Christ. And it was the oddest moment of honesty. I still haven't, I've known him my entire life for, you know, over 25 years. I've never been comfortable enough to ask him why he chose that minute, that moment to tell the truth where he was home free. And for some reason, I don't know if it was the guilt or what, he just admitted to it. And yeah, that took a long time for him to come back from that. Not a, wasn't invited to a lot of parties after uh, <laughs> after that situation. Well, great news, Blake. We have him on the line. Hey, Brett. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's very. He has a stomach illness, and that's why. Yeah. <laughs> He's just. He just leans in. Yeah, Blake. It was Crohn's. I've been struggling for quite some time. I'll talk to you at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it was Crohn's, and we we will be right back. It, that was, I and mean, we have a PSA about Crohn's. Um, he, uh, by the way, this next story is also about him. He he's done some of the funniest stuff ever. Do we have time? Are we still good? Yeah, absolutely, okay, cool. absolutely. Um, so he, uh, this is a story about that made me think about when I become a parent. And Chet, I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Obviously, on this as a parent, and Sai as a, as an uncle as well where si, i don't want to compare parenting and uncling but Sai is the best uncle one on of earth. the top if not the top uncle uh, probably the top uncle probably and the top uncle 
He's the AP top uncle in the ESPN poll. He's number two. But uh, top has a lot uncle of first sounds like bets. a guy who's been arrested for a bunch of stuff his family's not going to want to talk about. No, 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 no. <laughs> top uncle. <laughs> hey, y'all. I'm top uncle, and you're not going to believe what I did to them, fellas. Oh, uh, hey, guys. I'm top uncle. And by the way, who wants to look in my drawers? Because I have a whole <laughs> bunch of trinkets in there I think you're going to find quite interesting. Teeth, primarily. <laughs> So this uh the same guy from the previous story um did smell a lot and but he smelled in a way where because we were kids we would always anytime you would hang out with your friends often sports were involved you know like we would play basketball or football or something sure. so I we would chalk it up that this guy after exercising just smelled bad you know and it wasn't a thing where it would just that would be the thing we'd make fun of them for you know like and, like, and to and to let people listening yeah that never had gym class or mm-hmm. or never had uh, a penis of course to let you know that a lot of times what would happen is these these kids would get in the habit of not showering because they were the last to get pubes oh. and then once they got pubes it was still like not fully in there but they still smelled like they had pubes so they still wouldn't shower and that's where you end up. Uh, that's where you end up smelling like you're part of a drum circle. <laughs> that that is the most intelligent thing I think I've heard in weeks because that is true. I've never thought about it that way. In that their bodies smell like they're going through uh, hair time, and yet they don't have hair time, and that's why they're afraid to. Which is so funny. Like, why would you be embarrassed about that? You know, well, just because that's I mean, you you just everyone's me. I was right. I was a late bloomer, mm-hmm. but now I'm in Mensa and that's how I know stuff. Of course. Of course. And your card, yeah. you're showing us your card right now. I know you guys don't do Thank video, you. but you always Thank have you. it. <laughs> so what was. Oh, yeah. So um, smelled. But it was that that was the thing we'd make fun of them for. Where like one of us had a hot mom. That's what they got made fun of us. Uh, made fun of. For. Sure. Another guy, uh, not a reader not that good at reading that's what he caught shit for and so we would always make fun of him for it but it just became a part of the friendship you know and then years later uh he was brett was graduating from college and him and all his college buddies we all went to separate schools but they had like a final dinner before graduation and then invited a couple of the friends from home like me and a few other buddies and this person's telling a story where they were like, yeah, you know, like sometimes like I, whatever, I, I brush my teeth and it's like, really? You only brush your teeth once in the morning? Like, I feel like you should brush it like more than once. And then our friend Brett goes dead serious. He goes, yeah, you know, like it's kind of like the same thing with like wiping. And then the conversation kept no. going. The conversation kept going. And we were 22, I think, at this point. And our, our, me and like, so the college friends kept talking, but the home friends, myself and the other guys were like, what the fuck did he we're giving each other looks and then it it dawned upon one of us goes wait a minute yo guys sorry to interrupt brett what did you just say a few minutes ago and he goes what are you talking about and he had that tone where you know when you say you say something stupid and your friend's about to call you out on it just immediately your defense goes up like what what fuck you what i say fuck you (laughs) and uh he goes what do you like no like the wipe thing what did you say he goes yeah it's like you know like when you only wipe once and we all fell out of our chairs, like not laughing, but screaming and punching the floor, <laughs> just hollering that a mystery had been solved where this guy had. And this is the parenting thing where his mom or dad had told him that when you're done going potty, you wipe. 
and he took it literally where <laughs> wipe is not plural you wipe once and he was taught that as a child and it continued until he was 22 years old and that's why he oh, smelled so man. bad because and i'm sorry to be gross here but he would not wipe fully he would just go whoop and then no matter what the situation was it was done like he had no more he knew that well you don't wipe twice that's not what i was taught like who wipes twice and somehow it was never brought up to him like it was never corrected which i can kind of see you know because when would you talk about like oh i wiped 16 times today you know like it kind of doesn't go up but i guess the rest of us figure out that you, that's not you don't just do it once no i i think it should have been brought up when the parents were like why the fuck do you stink all the time like yeah why, yeah why why do you always smell like shit i don't understand right. are you are you shitting your pants just a little nugget and then carrying it with you what yeah, is did, this? Were the, like were the parents never sitting in bed at night like okay i'm trying to put this together the shit smell is there when brett is home but it's not there when Brett is at school. But I can't figure out where the shit smell is coming from. Is it the cat? Does he bring the cat to school with him? Is that what it is? Because it could be the just, cat. <laughs> as a father, I mean, you smell shit on your child all the time. You have to just sit him down and go, are you wiping until the toilet paper's white? <laughs> Because that's when you stop, and you even have to. You when it's white, you run it over your butt cheeks. Make sure you didn't smear a little. Yeah. Because you stink. Did that? Was it a? Re, was it like a, a a revelation moment for him? Was he like, oh, now I will live differently? It was a guy. He's a guy who's very loud and boisterous generally. And went quiet for a few days. Like the guy, <laughs> something changed in him where it was, because I can't imagine being like, how the hell, because he's smart, he's a smart guy, we're like, how did this fucking happen? <laughs> you know, like, how did I, like, first of all, I stink, like, sh because I smell like shit. Is that, that's why it is. Like, I've smelled like shit for forever. And now I have to somehow, like, change that. And now everyone knows why. And I'm never going to hear about uh, the end of it. For the rest Maybe of my it's life. like racism where his dad was wrong. Like, you know how racism is kind of generational? Like, yeah, we don't like those people, son. And he's like, yeah, we don't like them. Maybe his dad was like, oh, I'm so sick of this fucking toilet paper laden world out here. Everybody trying. Jeff, wipe your ass. Wipe your ass, Jeff. You know how much toilet paper costs? I never had toilet paper treat me come around downtown. Maybe that's what <laughs> sort of situation it is. Maybe <laughs> his parents grew up in some sort of pandemic and they were like, listen. We just don't wipe our asses mm -mm. because we're always out of toilet paper. We have no clue what to do. Now, my favorite I, <laughs> my favorite thing that comes to my head when I think about all of you laughing at him for this yeah. is that he finally starts to finish wiping his ass. And then because he no longer smells like shit, he fucks all your girlfriends. I honestly, he deserve it. Like he would deserve that. And I think that would be the greatest. It's almost like. A superhero whose family gets killed and yeah. then they kill everyone else that had a hand in it. He just he spends the rest of his life fucking your girlfriends because he smells all right. And there's nothing we can do about it. it. That was the one thing holding him back. Like this guy could have <laughs> had anyone he wanted. And now like our, our like girlfriends, our dads, like the guy is just just wreaking havoc. This incredibly smelling man. That was all that was holding him back. Just his, his whole time in college, you saw girls leaving his dorm room with toilet paper shoved up their nose. 
And you're like, well, I don't like smelling him, and he clearly wasn't using it, so I thought I'd plug my nose with it. <laughs> well, transition sentence. Speaking of pandemics, mm. uh, Blake, thank you so much for doing the show. We both love you as a human man. Just a great deal. And, thank you. Uh, you uh, have a new album out. And I, I let, let me let – me, you can tell everybody what you want, but let me say a couple things. <laughs> thank you. This is the third album you've put out, uh, and I loved the first two. I didn't know until pretty late in the game that you were putting this one out. And what you did was during dur – it's called Live from the Pandemic. Mm -hmm. And during the pandemic, as comedians were doing Zoom shows and shows in parks and all these weird things, you did a show in front of an, uh, an 1800 steel factory. Yes, an abandoned Bethlehem steel in Pennsylvania. Yeah, the audience was <laughs> scattered outside of it. Yeah. And you had such a good time. You were like, fuck it. I'm just going to take this thing. In it. And the thing that I like about it is it's you just took the whole thing and put it out. You know, uh, trick of the trade. When people put albums out, they listen to like four different shows. And like, oh, I like this joke from that show and this joke. You just were like, I loved this set. It has it has the intros and the you thanking people for being there and talking about the steel. It's a very real wonderful fun set uh it's called live from the pandemic it's fucking everywhere and i just really liked it like i thought it was fantastic that means so much thank you and uh yeah well i'm not what you would call a draw so uh i can't do multiple shows but um i mean especially just a little <laughs> just being self-deprecative uh but that is that is true but during this pandemic yeah it was just fun i just happened to do all shit I haven't done on an album before. That would be funny if I just re-released material I wrote 15 years ago. <laughs> but in front of <laughs> a charged. steel plant. Yeah, it's the same thing. Just the same exact thing. But yeah, it was a cool thing where I'm like, oh, well, hopefully a pandemic never fucking happens again. So I don't, I, I'll never be able to do this again. So why don't I just uh, release it? So yeah. That's uh, great. Now I'm going to hop in here because I've been quiet about it. And I'm going to say that I have not listened to it, but I will today while I don't, go for a run because i don't do that anymore that's so nice that that's when it where it's best enjoyed when not going for a run but yeah no i definitely am going to listen to it because uh i think you're absolutely hysterical and uh absolutely thrilled to have you on and i hadn't seen you in forever mm -hmm. and you were actually at size wedding and i saw you at a bar and immediately it was like boom what's up dude so um so it was, it was fantastic to see you and thanks for being on uh on our show yeah of course I, I love both you guys so much i was like really excited to do this so thanks for having me oh that makes me feel the way i mm -hmm. need to feel good good <laughs> good i gotta go oh did Cy freeze or is he just smiling the smile was such a shock to his system after the day he's had hey if you guys like this uh there will be a new episode next monday and every single monday at 8 a.m so click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work